Dear podcast listener, a gentle reminder that the podcast you're about to listen to is for adults only. You may not be comfortable listening to these stories while sitting on the couch next to your grandparents or that toddler down there on the floor. Thanks for your consideration. But I won't complain and I won't quit I am enormous, get used to it Everyone tells me I'm too much Maybe it's just you're not enough for me Can't you see, I'm the kind of woman I'm supposed to be Hi there, and welcome to the Body Storytelling Podcast. I am sexual folklorist Dixie Delator, and this is episode 102 of the Body Storytelling Podcast. We're in the holidays, y'all. How you holding up? It's a tough time of year. There's so little sunshine. It's cold. We all hibernate. And I found myself so introverted this weekend that I blew off two events I've been looking forward to for a long time a famous author's infamous eggnog party. And I thought, I am so excited to just go to this intimate gathering and have some eggnog and catch up with people and have some really meaningful conversations. And I missed it. And I missed my friend Alexis's infamous mega cookie smackdown. It's always crowded. It's packed into her beautiful apartment. And I just wasn't feeling social. I was feeling introverted and quiet and I don't know, even though I regretted it the minute I didn't go, I still just couldn't force myself to get out the door. The holidays do that to me. One thing I have been doing, once upon a time I founded this thing called the Pervert Mastermind, which was a lot of sex educators and myself who got together and we would work on our plans for growth and for getting better at our jobs. And one of the members of the Pervert Mastermind got us started on this thing called Best Year Yet. It is a book and the author's name is Ginny Dinsler. I'll put in a link in the show notes just in case you're interested. And every year we would kind of go over what we've accomplished and what we wanted to accomplish in the new year. And I've kind of been doing that in my head. In fact, I got on a plane last week and I went to Las Vegas and I hung out with my friend Sunny Megatron and we tried to make a list of the things that we wanted to see happen in our lives for 2020. And because it was a work retreat and we just sat around in her beautiful office, curled up, just doing work and thinking about how we wanted to grow what we do and how we wanted to be better at what we do. We're both podcasters. That's kind of a focus for both of us. We kind of made our own little best year yet list. One of the things that I like about best year yet is it encourages you 
to think about what you failed at. Because you know how we always go to failing first? How you go, well, I didn't do that, and I said I was going to try and do it. I really like the way the first thing you do with best year yet is you make a list of the things that failed. And we didn't do that. We went on to the successes, and I can feel the failures pulling at me. I can feel, because that's where my mind goes every single time, I can feel it sitting there waiting. And so I'm hoping that over Christmas, once this last show of the year is over, I'm going to sit down and I'm going to make a list of what I failed at. And that makes me more convinced of the possibility of a new year for some reason. Have I ever told you my favorite quote ever? I've always wanted to have this embroidered on a pillow so that I can put it in my office and pull it out just whenever I need to read it. But I think about this all the time. Whenever you've had something that wasn't a success, you can wallow in the failure or you can think about this. Experience is what you get when you don't get what you want. I've heard it attributed to a few different people. I'm not sure who the author of that quote is. But whenever I fail, I think, well, now I know that. It's highly unlikely I'll make that mistake again. And that reframe has helped me a lot. I think that's part of why I'm feeling this need to go over my failures in 2019 so that I can prepare for 2020. So yeah, some travel this week. Spent some time in Vegas with my friends Sunny Megatron and Ken Melvoinberg of the American Sex Podcast. Got to spend some in-person time with them. Got to hang out with their dogs and their cats, and there's a lot of them. And got to think about what's coming up. I did get some social time. I did sleep in someone else's bed. And now I'm just going to focus on making a list of my failures. So are you curious as to who the sponsor of this week's episode is? I am. For the first time ever in the history of body storytelling, we have merchandise. We rolled it out recently at our Seattle show, and the real test is going to be this week in San Francisco. It's the first time we've ever had anything to put on the back table for all those people who for years have been going, I love this show so much. Where's the stuff? We've never had stuff. Our first product is something that we created with a perfume company called Sucre Bay. And it's a perfume called Body Got Me Laid. It's got my little cartoon face on the bottle. And also we've got body butter and hair and body oil and lube. And a package just arrived at my house, shipped down from Olympia, Washington. So we are going to have goodies ready to sell at the show. If you know anybody who's going to be in a live body storytelling, please tell them to be ready to buy their Christmas presents at this show. This stuff smells good. Everybody agrees. Or if you can't make it to a live show, just go to our website, bodystorytelling.com slash merchandise. And you can read the descriptions of the products. I'm going to have it all in my decolletage on Wednesday. So if anybody wants to come up and sniff my boobs, I'm available for that. Go to bodystorytelling.com slash merchandise and please support this independent, teeny tiny little podcast in whatever way you can. Mm. It's time for your story. And I have someone really special for you this week. Are you ready? Gail Wishart is your typical pansexual, polyamorous, switchy, kinky, liberal, woo-woo San Francisco girl. 
but without the tattoos, though she does have a few piercings. Her purpose in life is to help connect people together, inspire dreams, and nurture greater love in the world. By day, she is a fundraiser for social justice, and by night, she leads the Trustables, one of the country's largest private community groups for sexually liberated, socially conscious women. Gail was voted Best of Body earlier this year and performed at our 12-year anniversary show back in February. Here you go. This storyteller is Gail Wishart. Picture this. <laughs> I'm fisting a leather daddy. We met at this kinky party at this luxurious Soma townhouse, and he's leaning back in this sex swing in front of me, and he kind of reminds me of Mr. Clean. <laughs> He's got the shaved head, and he's really muscular, except he also has this silver um, handlebar mustache and matching beard. And he's wearing this tight leather harness across his shoulders and big stomper boots and nothing else. And I have my left hand on top of his cock, and my right fist is deep inside his ass up to my wrists. And I'm rocking the back of his prostate, waiting for it, waiting for it. I can feel it coming. And he ejaculates and comes and comes and comes. And you know what I'm talking about, don't you? (sighs) And all I can think about is, how the hell did I get here? I mean, if you really knew me, if you really knew me, and this is a bit of a vulnerable share that I've never shared with 300 people before, um, I've spent most of my adult life celibate. You know, when you're a woman who's born into the world, into a little boy's body, sex is not always the easiest thing to um, navigate. So yes, I'm transgender, and I've had some sexual experience when I was younger, but for most of my adult life, I've been celibate. And, um, well, I came out in my mid-90s, and I started my transition uh, shortly after that, started taking hormones so I could feminize my body. Um, But it didn't really improve my sex life because I'd had some experience when I was younger with men that kind of left me um, afraid of them. And unfortunately, the doctors actually prescribed me the wrong balance of medication. And it left me kind of trapped between genders for a decade. And it left me totally asexual, not interested in sex at all. And it left me chronically depressed and other negative deep thoughts, and I thought that was the best that I could ever have. As I'm approaching 50, and I'm 56 now, I started to challenge my doctors, and I started to ask for different tests and different medications, and my body responded like I'd always hoped it would, 
going through three puberties. I mean, honey, I mean, like, <laughs> one is enough. But I went through it a third time, and finally I felt whole and complete about myself, and my sex drive came back, and I finally felt strong enough to move forward with my uh, lower surgery. You know, not everybody who's trans decides that's the right thing for them, but for me it was, and I, you know, let's say I exchanged my Audi for an innie. <laughs> well, after that, I only had one thing on my mind. I wanted to get laid. Yeah. So the man I chose was this uh, six foot three Viking god. Um, think Hugh Jackman, except 15 years more and maybe a salt and pepper beard, but still very handsome. But, and I only had two prerequisites for him. Um, one, both of us were going to get STI tests. He hadn't been tested in fears, and I wasn't going to risk my body with some dude I barely knew. And two, I wanted to use safer sex. I wanted to set a standard for potential future loves in my life. Yeah, give it up for safer sex, everybody. Latex is sexy. So, picture this. It's Valentine's Day, truth. I'm naked on my back in my bed and my legs are spread wide open and I am just about ready to receive him. He is naked between my legs, this huge cock to match. And he leans over to grab the condom off my bedside table and he pauses. And he leans in and he whispers into my ear, honey, I want to make this one special for you, just for you. Let's not use condoms the first time. And I'm like, oh, no, no, uh, politely, I demure. Uh, I'd like to use protection, please, and I wait for him to put the condom on. And he uh, bristles and leans back a little bit. You know, condoms really aren't comfortable for me, and it's hard to maintain an erection, and, oh, honey... Trust me, it's going to be so much more enjoyable for you, skin on skin. Again, I, I say, no, I mean, we agreed that we'd use condoms, and I'd prefer that. Again, he pressures me, and again, I don't know what to do. Now, I'm not a little girl, but this man could have easily overpowered me, and I've been waiting 49 freaking years for this event. And I don't want to be too rigid that I, he rejects me, and I still have so much shame about who I am as a transgendered woman that I say yes. I say yes. And as his penis is entering me, that first cock is entering me, all I can think is, welcome to womanhood. You know what I'm talking about. Well, okay, so it wasn't everything I'd hoped for, but it did open up this big-ass door inside of me that wanted more. I'd been, you know, off the shelf and not very long, and I was like a child at Baskin-Robbins. 
I didn't know which of the 31 flavors I wanted. <laughs> so I went on a little wild adventure for a couple of years. <laughs> I went to every sex-positive workshop you could find in Northern California. I dove deep into the BDSM community here in the Bay Area, and you could find me in the dungeons on the weekend. I go deep into the Tantra community. Somewhere along the line, I became a certified sex educator from the San Francisco Sex Information Line, which we all love, right? And what I found out about myself is I still love a good fuck. I'm, my happy space is on my back. <laughs> but I like all the people and all the things. <laughs> um, and one, you know, a lot of those things I didn't know I would like unless I give myself permission and the opportunity to try. And one of those things I didn't know that I would love is fisting. Yeah, who knew? So that leather daddy I was talking to you about earlier, the he was the first person I had my fist in. And when it went inside him, excuse me, when it went inside him, <laughs> my entire world exploded. I had no idea that such a sensation was possible. It was like, it was like the first time I dropped acid. <laughs> it, it was like a solar lunar eclipse. I mean, a solar total eclipse. It was like the reality, that hard reality that I, I knew and trusted had fragmented and broken in front of me. And there was a deeper reality that came up from behind it because there was no space between us. There was no place that I stopped and he started. We were connected. We were one. Now, since then, I've fisted women and other genders. But that first time with that man who was so confident in his masculinity that he could surrender to me so vulnerably blew my mind. It was the strongest demonstration of strength that I've ever seen in a man. And I wanted to bow down to him in honor for the gift that he gave me. And unlike the first dude, the Viking dude, my leather daddy did not pressure me to capitulate to his desires, did not pressure me not to practice safer sex. In fact, he empowered me to make informed choices about my body, my sexuality and desires, and how we related to each other. Now, that was, I don't know, three, four years ago, and since then I've met dozens or hundreds of men like that. They populate my sex-positive, poly-burner, kinky dance community that I call home here in the Bay Area that many of you are in family with me. 
You know, every time I see, for example, two men dancing together on the dance floor, I think there is hope for the world. You have to understand, though, that, see, when I was growing up, I had no healthy male role models. I was surrounded by fucking narcissists and bigots. I was bullied as a child. When I was an adult, I was suffocated inside the, the definition of what it is to be a man in this culture. And I did the only thing that I thought possible to survive. I left. I immigrated. I never looked back. But I'm here on this stage tonight to celebrate and honor all the men who have stayed to do the work, to dismantle the patriarchy from inside out. Because my liberation and all the other women and all the other genders in the room tonight is dependent upon you. Now, I'm not saying that everybody needs to get fisted to be woke. <laughs> to, you know, be a decent human being. But it is a fast track to liberation. And my invitation to every single man or dude in this audience tonight is one time in your life, one way or the other, is to take it up the ass. <laughs> and that, my friends, is my story about how I became a woman and learned to embrace my sexuality and discovered healthy, masculine role models in the world and started to heal my relationship with men. And after that, all I can think of is, if that's not metamorphosis, I don't know what the fuck is. Thank you. Break it. 
like you pass on a fart. You know I had to sneak a little holiday action in there, don't you? That was Creature Hole, who write custom songs for us and perform for us all the time at Body Storytelling Seattle. You can find them at CreatureHole.com. And we love you, Lizzie and Carl. How amazing is it that you can listen to stories that were told on a stage that were possibly told across the city or across the world? All you got to do is put your earbuds on and listen to the Body Storytelling Podcast. But did you know that this podcast is funded by the people who support us on Patreon? And you should join them. If you go to patreon.com slash body, we are coming out with brand new rewards like the videos of these stories. It's almost like being right there in the room. You can watch the person tell the story. And there's rewards like Body Got Me Laid perfume and more at our top tiers even your own live body storytelling show for you and your friends. So go to patreon.com slash body, support us in any way that you can, and realize that you can make the world a more sex positive place by supporting us on Patreon. Thanks in advance for your support. This episode is sponsored by Hashtag Open, the sex positive dating app for the open-minded. Looking to make new friends, for dates, for hookups, for relationships? Hashtag Open has more than 20 options for gender and sexual orientation to choose from, and just as many options for relationship styles. Hashtag Open is unique in that you can create a solo profile, a partner profile, or both. And if you identify as kinky, as polyamorous, as LGBTQIA, a swinger, monogamous, straight, gender non-conforming, heteroflexible, body positive, you name it. And by the way, they're big fans of body storytelling, so let them know you discovered them here by downloading the app at hashtag open.com slash body. That's really important. It lets them know that you found them here. Hashtag open donates a dollar to Planned Parenthood for every new profile created. How subversive is that? You can change the world. Yes, please. So don't wait. Go to hashtag open.com slash body, B-A-W-D-Y, and start making authentic connections today. The episode you're listening to includes just a part of a live body storytelling. Body storytelling is so much more than stories. It's a chance to come together in a room with hundreds of enlightened, body-positive people who are more like you than you think. It's a chance to feel less alone in the world. So here's your next chance to feel more connected and less lonely. Our last body of the decade is on Wednesday, December 18th. That's today. The theme is the best gift ever, and it's at the Verity Club in San Francisco. 
This show is going to be kind of like a pervert's holiday party. Lots of bad Santas. Spin the dreidel back on the bango table. I'd consider it the best gift ever if you showed up. And then in January, our shows are back on Thursdays. And we're adding something new for our January 9th show in San Francisco. The theme is Ritual. And we're adding, in 2020, VIP seating on the front row at tables with VIP gift bags. Then on January 16th in Seattle, our theme is Brand Spanking New. You could pitch stories for either one of those at Dixie at BodyStorytelling.com. Write me and I'll tell you how to pitch me and get on that stage. And tickets go on sale next week for our big 13th anniversary show in San Francisco on Saturday, February 22nd book your travel now. Come see Body's flagship event, the one that always sells out, and you can get a wristband to see both shows because it's a two-show night. One is Dixie's Invited, hey wait, that's me, one is my Invited Superstars, followed by our infamous Best of Body show, where the audience votes to tell us who to put on that stage. Both of these anniversary shows will feature our musical muse, Rachel Lark. Tickets for all of these are on our website at bodystorytelling.com and in the show notes for this episode. Oh, it's over. Don't you hate it when it's over? But I think that you should join me in thanking the people who make this podcast possible. Thank you to podcast producer Marty Garcia, to project manager Dana Hanna, to sound engineer David Grossoff, to video archivist Joe Moore. These are the people who have kept this thing going, who have ensured that these stories continue and are part of each and every show. I'm so grateful that these people exist and that they care about the stories that we produce on stage that they want to get out into the world as much as I do. I'm sexual folklorist Dixie De La Tour. This has been episode 102 of the Body Storytelling Podcast, and here's a peek at what's next. We started talking about our experiences. And I brought up that I had never had a blowjob. And she said this poetic thing. She goes, you've never had a blowjob? I'll give you a blowjob if you eat me out first. And I was like, fair, that is fair. <laughs>